0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the materializing mindset podcast with me, your host, Michael Helton, but today, our guest, Sam Popple, Sam joins us today to discuss how a shift in his mindset and belief in himself was the true turning point that allowed him to lose over 150 pounds and fight through the intense battle of serving three years in prison and adjusting to life after. Sam is a true testament of being able to persevere no matter the circumstance, whether he's selling food on a floating barge at Crab Island or creating a healthy lifestyle for folks thanks to the four Clean Eats locations he owns and operates. Sam is truly someone who carries with him a love and passion for life that is clearly evident everywhere he goes. And the people whom he meets along the way are sure to know it as well. As we dive into Sam's story, we'll see how discipline and treating others well have been two major keys to success for Sam in his life. They'll also share the importance of the who you are working with as opposed to the what in regard to aligning yourself with the right people who are going to build you up and make you better. Sam truly has a -a one-of-a-kind inspiring story, and I'm excited for you guys to hear it today on the Materializing Mindset Podcast. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, we got Sam Popple on the show today. Sam, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm loving that you invited me. Yeah, Sam. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, we were just talking a little bit, but uh kind of going back to that, man. Uh, so you came to Real Estate Investment Group back in September. Um, I heard you share your story and it's it's very inspiring. You know, you've you've faced a lot of hardships, you've faced a lot of things that you've had to overcome. And, you know, here you are. You know, you've done it and, and you're living it. Um, and you've got more stuff on the way. And and brother, I'm I'm just happy to see how much you've been able to succeed. And uh man, I'm happy to have you on the show today.
1: Hey man, like I said, uh, th- you know, thanks for having me, uh, you know, as soon as I, I heard about the podcast and, uh, you know, looked into it, I was like, yeah, that's definitely the one, the one I'm, I'm, I'd love to be on and honored to be invited is, um, uh, you know, materializing the right mindset is, uh, probably the most important thing that anyone can do for success.
0: That's it, bro. And that's, dude, that's a perfect place to start. Cause I just want to kind of talk about, um, like first and foremost, man, like, like tell us about, you know, where you started out. I know there's a lot to it, but, um, Kind of just going back, you know, to, you know, I know that you, you've lost a bunch of weight, you've had a weight journey, you, you faced some criminal charges, you've, you had a business, you didn't have a business. So, so, I mean, let's just start from, from all the hardships that you faced initially, man. Yeah.
1: So, um, so, you know, probably, you know, like I was always an entrepreneur, so, uh, you know i think uh even even going back to when i was a little kid uh one of my one of my first uh, gigs uh was uh picking up pine cones in my neighbor's yards for five bucks you know just going yard to yard five bucks and you know i was i was uh i was six with my red wagon i just have to go you know tell my mom all right i'm gonna go down to this house you know and re- wheel on down there with my wagon and trash bags uh, one, of my, one of my best customers was actually uh my kindergarten teacher mrs Aiden, uh which uh, her son's the sheriff now uh, Eric Aiden. so what, you know, shows what a small town, uh, you know, uh, it is, um, but, uh, yeah, was, I, I love picking up the pine cones in uh, in her yard and everyone's yard. Um, but, you know, so I've always kind of had the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, you know, both my parents were self-employed, so I'd always, you know, s- you know, see what it was like to be the boss, uh, you know, and, and, uh, they were great examples, uh, in that, you know, I, I, could count the times that my parents stayed home from work on my fingers uh, for being sick because you know I was taught at a very young age that you know bo- bosses can't get sick because you mm-hmm. know you you got to be there, uh, you're the one who sets the example for everyone else. So, um, so it was like I said I had a had a good examples uh, you know in the, in that area and um, like I said just always was uh you know kind of an entrepreneur and uh, then and when I good w- time I got to college uh, you know it's kind of where I discovered marijuana and uh you know i enjoyed it <laughs> and uh but then i more so saw the opp- opportunity uh you know to make some money and you know i want to i want to go ahead and let everyone know that you know i do not recommend anyone sell marijuana you know <laughs> i regret doing it i <laughs> you know i re- regret regret uh you know um all the, all the trouble i got in you know and the shame i brought to my family uh but at the same time it um you know it it it, it changed changed my path a little bit and uh
0: you said you got busted for that marijuana. So you went to prison for that, right? Is right. That, is trafficking? Is that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, it, it kind of started off as a, you know, it, 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 I didn't know it was going to get kind of as big as it got, uh, it was like, Hey, you know, you can, uh, buy this and sell it for that, you know? And so I did it and then it, you know, got a little bigger, you know? So before you know it, I was, you know, <laughs> driving a couple times a month, you know, with a, mm-hmm. with a whole, whole bunch, uh, you know, so I kind of you know, made a lot very quickly uh, and, you know, it, it gave me, it gave me kind of a feeling of success um, for t- very temporarily. Then the rug was ripped out from under me <laughs> and I got, you know, got in my trouble and I realized that, you know, there, there's fast money, isn't good money mm-hmm. and fast money doesn't last. And if it came mm-hmm. to you pretty easy, it can probably leave, t- leave you even easier. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was, that was a big, uh, big lesson, a big eye opener. Um, and then, uh, you know, I ended up, uh, was on bond for over two years, which, you know, that, that was probably about as rough as actually going to prison because I had, you know, over two years of time where I just did not know what my future was, you know, am I, am I going to go away for 10 years or am I again am I going to get probation? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, my, my lawyer actually really felt I was going to get probation because I'd never been in any kind of trouble or anything else. Mm -hmm. So the day I actually got sentenced was a complete shock. You know, like I really thought I was 90% chance I was going to go home that day. And so when, uh, when the, you know, when the 90 didn't pull through and I ended up getting sentenced, like that was definitely. How um, long did you get sentenced for? Yeah. So I got a uh, sentence for a, it's called a 10 split three, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they don't have those in Florida, but essentially it'd be the equivalent of getting a 10 year sentence with seven suspended. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so, um, the way it worked was I, I went to prison, I did my three years and then I came out on probation. Um, and if I would have violated my probation, then I would have had to go back and finish the 10 years. Luckily for me that, uh, whenever I went away, I definitely learned my lesson. So I came out, and was on my best behavior. Did everything uh, right. Did everything they told me to do, and they actually let me off uh, uh, way early. Um, nice. You know, um, early termination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually as, as kind of uh, because I was as from another state. They were able to terminate it, yeah, uh, you know, early uh, after I you know paid to have the supervision you know transferred from Alabama to Florida. But, um, my, my first officer actually tried to terminate it after 12 months (laughs) and, uh, they, uh, the state of Alabama said that was too early. So they, uh, so my pressure, I went ahead and put me on unsupervised. So that was great. And so I was on unsupervised for another year and then she was able to get it. Um, I actually got a new one because my one got promoted, but the the newer lady was able to get me terminated uh, a year later. And it was, it was, it was, um, you know like i mean when, when people talk about probation I, yeah i hear these you know stories you know some people having you know real tough officers you know and i don't i don't want to say uh that that doesn't happen because i'm i'm sure it does i'm sure some are tougher than others but same time i think uh, after i had my first couple of meetings where um you know i kind of got uh you know was they were a little sterner i think they started to realize that like i was you know being a man of my word doing everything i said and they really got uh, like I said, where they just really weren't that uh, difficult with me, like they were very, very kind, and understanding, and uh, even actually, my last officer even uh, gave me a call uh, to ask me about jet ski rentals when I had uh, <laughs> when I had my uh, Crab Island rental business. So I, I definitely felt felt good, like I was on the right track. Whenever I was getting you know called on a you know, like I said, up for my business instead of yeah. you know, so I tell you, when I the day I got that call was a Saturday, I was terrified. I was like why am I getting called right now? Uh, you know, like, did I forget something? Yeah, <laughs> was yeah. I supposed to be somewhere or yep, something? Yep. And,
0: Everything starts crashing. Like back. Said,
1: and she was like, Oh, Hey, I just, I just wanted to uh, support you, support you. And, uh, I knew you did, did jet ski rentals. And so we, me and my friends were wanting to go to Crab Island. We just wanted to <laughs> rent them from you. I was like, Oh, well, you know, uh, my business was actually on Crab Island. So, uh, you know, you had, you know, I couldn't rent them to her since she had to get out there on a boat, but, it was like I said. It was, uh, you know, it was kind of a you know, cool thing, uh, you know, for me. And then I think a couple months after that's when I finally got, you know, terminated. But you know, yeah, yeah pr- the whole whole prison experience though was uh, was was definitely a rock bottom point. Uh, but it's it's a lot different than what a lot of people think. You know, it's I'd almost equate it to um, your life being put on pause and you kind of being put in a freezer for, mm. for a little bit. And it's like, and so, uh, and what I mean by freezer, I just mean like, you know, your life stops. And so then a couple of years later, you're pulled out of that freezer and you come back out, you know, well, you know, for you, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the day you got out was, uh, is, is feels like, you know, the next day after you went in, you know? So, but in reality, you know, you have this time gap, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, me, I, I, uh, you know, I think I went into prison, uh, when I was, uh, you know, 23 and I came home at 26. So, you know, whenever I came home, I probably still had a little bit of the mindset of the 23 year old, you know, that left, um, you know, and I, I did progress by reading and stuff, but it's just as far as like thinking, you know, my friends were going to be there and different people are going to be there for me. And when you come out, you realize like that life moved on without you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my, uh, my, my, uh, ex-girlfriend at, at that, at that point before I left, you know, came home and, you know, she's engaged to somebody else. Uh, you know, you got, you know, friend, all, you know, all your friends are married. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of them I've got married. A lot of them, some have kids, uh, you know, and so like you come back out and you're just kind of like, damn, like, what am I going to do? You know, yeah. um, you know, like every, everything's moved on without me. Am I going to even catch up? um you know like i saw all my friends like some having really good jobs you know me i was i was kicked out of college and don't know what my future's uh you know gonna be so um you know so there was definitely like coming home was like you know just whirlwind of uh you know thoughts of of unknown and then on top of that you know, I put on a lot of weight while I was gone because my first 19 months uh, that I was sentenced, I was uh, stuck in a holding facility uh, where I was on 24-hour lockdown. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I say 19 months pretty casually, but, but you know, 19 Dude. months is over a year and a half. 23 and one yeah, for 19 and, uh, months? Yeah. And so I went outside nine times in that whole 19 months. And, and it was only for s- cell shakedowns. <laughs> so, Jeez. So, so it wasn't even like yeah. I was happy about going outside because... You and come back gonna, and your whole, your go whole cell's upside yeah, down. Yeah. And even, even, you know, people say like, well, you know, if you don't have anything you worry about, they don't understand that even if I'm good, they still mess up and tear up and mm-hmm. throw all my stuff, all the room. So I still got to go back in and, you know, clean it up, straighten it back up and get my living area back in, uh, you know, normal condition. So, uh, you know, so it was, like I said, those were real stressful times, uh, that's why I you know, gained all my weight. And so, um, yeah. I think at this point, a lot of pe- people have seen my before and after photo. Uh, yeah. I got a pin on my Instagram. Yeah. That before photo was taken two days after I got out of prison mm-hmm. and that was like the rock bottom day. Like that was the day I addressed it to myself. Like, Hey, this is rock bottom. This is the worst my life is ever going to be. This is the worst I'm ever going to feel. This is the worst I'm ever going to look and everything's going to be up from here. And, uh, you know, so I, I took that picture document. If you look close, I probably kind of depressed in <laughs> yeah. there. Um, uh, excuse me, get a little choked up.
0: No, oh, man, that's and that because that's real.
1: Yeah, I start, I start thinking about how I felt at that time. Yep,
0: there's that level of optimism that lines it, and right. and you kind of spoke to that a little bit, right? Like you, the, the 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 tone in your voice, you know, when you mentioned like this was my rock bottom, like you made that distinction and said no more. You know, so like, what were the things that kind of like made you propel out of that? Was it just,
1: yeah, well, I mean, just like, you know, one of the first things was I knew I needed to get um, my health back into order, you know, just, I I knew I needed to get my health back into order. Um, Yeah. Just because I was, you know, so out of shape, you know, I was, I was 434 pounds. I was a size 58 pants. Um, My blood pressure was 165 over 110. I was on cholesterol medicine. Um, not to mention, I was just, you know, an aesthetically fat and that's how I felt. You know, you gotta, there's a lot of people that, you know, out there that'll be like, oh, you need to love yourself. You know, and that's, that's, that's good and all. I I do believe that you need to have some self-love, but you also need to call yourself out,
0: you Mm -hmm. know, when
1: you know you're not being your best. Like, you know, if you know that you're not really happy with your, your current state, you know, if, if, if you, if you just love yourself, you're not going to change yourself, you know? So if you, you got to not like the problem, you know? So I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't like how I looked. you know, I, I didn't like feeling insecure around women, you know, because like, you know, what girl would, what, what beautiful woman would want to date someone who is, you know, that fat and out of shape, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, they, you know, so you had to be, you, had, you have to be realistic with yourself, you know, and not have like a, woe was me attitude of like, Hey, why are people treating me like this? treating you like that because they think you're fat and lazy yep. you know and that, that's what it, that's what it was is like you know so i knew that i that how i looked didn't really represent how i felt about myself you know mm. I, did, I didn't i didn't i didn't uh i didn't feel ever i didn't ever feel like as fat as i was yeah you know and stuff I because i knew that's not really who i am like who
0: i think that's that's like it's like you loved who you were, but you didn't like who you had become. Right. You know and what I
1: mean. And so I, I had to, uh, you know, I had to address, address and uh, change that. And so, um, you know, I just started really on my fitness journey. Uh, you know, along with, you know, I, whenever I before I left, uh, you know, left to go to prison, I had a pizza restaurant. So uh, whenever I came home, Sammy's
0: Pizza, yeah, right? Niceville, yeah. Yep,
1: so whenever I came home, I was, uh, you know, trying to work on getting that, you know back on track because you know it kind of you know fallen off for the couple of years I was gone, you know, without having any real good management in there. So um trying to get that back right. And then I was trying to get my fitness right. And I uh, really just kind of looking for every opportunity, you know, I could. Uh and so um, you know, as I uh started progressing with the fitness, you know, business improved a little bit. I eventually uh had this opportunity to you know, partner with someone on a, uh, on a, some, uh, floating restaurants on Crab Island, uh, you know, and so I um, went ahead and, uh, you know, took advantage of, uh, you know, doing that of that opportunity. Um, yeah, which is great. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, yeah, you know, I know they all, I feel like to know, like, you know, how were you able to start it? You know? And I always I like to be completely transparent that, um, you know, I actually did ask my parents if they could help me get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were interested too. Uh, you know, we, we've lived in Destin, you know, for, yeah. Forever. You know, I moved. I've I've been, Uh, you know, I went to kindergarten and preschool in Shalimar and then moved to Destin in third grade. Uh, So, you know, like so we've been you know locals for a long time. We've been going to Crab Island, you know, all our lives. Loved it. So my parents knew what a great opportunity it was and they actually wanted to you know, be owners in it, too. So what we did was we bought into uh, this uh, guy's company out there. Where uh my parents bought a quarter and they loaned me money to buy a quarter, and then uh the other guy had the other half. And so uh for my for my for my uh you know, to to buy the half the business, it was 150. You know, so my parents you know loaned me the set technically 77,000 because we need a little startup cash. So it was set yep. so I got loaned 77,000, uh to do that and uh just kind of, you know, was working it and paying them back uh, you know, every week. Uh you know off of that, and um, it, it, was, it was such a great business that uh, I had them over half paid back after the first summer, Jeez. And then uh, the guy wanted out my other partner. Well, we, we actually put it in a, a predetermined buyout agreement, you know, if anyone of us wanted out of the business, and so uh, we had a great opportunity to buy it. So, I actually rebarred the money i paid my parents back <laughs> to buy the other half but so but my my tab only actually only went back to the 77 uh because i you know i still had some other money too and stuff yeah so, yeah, yeah so uh but then the following summer we ended up uh doing twice as much business in the first half of the summer than we did the whole previous summer Jeez. so i was able to pay back because at that point the first the first year. You know, I was I was new and the guy who uh who had the business. He had been doing it for several years. So I didn't I pretty much just went in it knowing that I was gonna be a follower and let him lead mm-hmm. uh the kind con- you know, because yeah, I believed he uh you know, like I say he had more experience. But after that year i just i realized how much money was being left on the table um different things we could be offering people that would be better what were some things that you saw that, um, that led to a, increases a, 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 a simple a simple one was yeah he kind of thought variety was thing so he wanted mm. to put all coke products on one barge and all pepsi products on another barge meanwhile you know we're parked you know 500 yards 600,000 yards away from each other you know and and when you you know how you know i know you're local and maybe some of the other viewers uh, you know out here haven't waited on a sandbar before but, you know, waiting on sandbar can be kind of tiring, you know, especially mm-hmm. and especially if someone has kids and maybe had a couple beers. They're not going from one to the other. They're going to just go to whichever floating restaurants, you know, the closest one to them. Oh, yeah. You know, and so you just the simple thing was like, instead of carrying all these different products, let's just carry, you know, Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, and water. You know, yep. like just sl- slim down to the, you know, to the basics of, you know, what, you know, people like. So that, that part was was uh, you know, real easy. Um, you know, uh since I had my previous restaurant experience, I knew about, you know, uh, he was getting everything at just at Sam's Club versus I ended up setting us up with US foods, yeah, you know, getting, you know, food truck deliveries. Um, you know, uh, so we could, you know, just get uh, have more those uh, key bigger, relationships. Bigger yeah. yeah, bigger variety of products and then, you know, better deals on different products. Uh, and uh like I said, just really it looked like that. And then uh we really went big on the daiquiris uh too because at the time uh, you know, you were uh, we, we were able to do the daiquiri business out there because we uh never sold any alcohol, all we ever did was uh sell uh sell the virgin drinks, and mm-hmm. then you know afterwards we'd give them uh, you know, the four ounce uh, shot of liquor to pour in it themselves, just like and, we done uh, the airlines back in the yeah, day, yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, there's nothing you know, there's nothing illegal about doing that as long as there's no uh strings attached to the alcohol. So if I you know if I ever would have said hey you had to buy this drink to get this free shot that would be illegal. But if I just said hey the shot is completely free, you can you can have that without buying anything. Well then there's nothing no rules now keep in mind everyone wants the rum in the in the daiquiri, so mm-hmm. it always worked out. Um and uh, you know, you'd have a few people every now and then come and say, Hey, I just want to get the free shot. And you just give it to them and tell them you hope they have a great day. And uh usually after they shoot it, they'd be like, Hey, I want something to mix with them. Like, yeah, the is 15. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, Love you know, it. and so um, yeah, so it was like I said, it was it was a real great business, uh, you know, well well, well, it kind of lasted. Um, you know, eventually the you know, the writing was kind of on the wall that the you know there was uh some uh, you know, people in the County who didn't really like it there. You know, if you, if you really kind of track it, uh, you know, up to the roots, you'll, you'll realize like there was some, you know, restaurants that didn't really like the Crab Island competition. Oh, it's always what it is out there. And, uh, you know, Usually. so yeah, so they had, they had family members on, uh, you know, city councils and County commissioners <laughs> that were definitely, yeah. uh, you know, influential and, in, uh, you're trying to get rid of that business. So they ended up, they ended up creating some laws, uh, like specifically you know i'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take full credit and say they were for me alone but they're probably for me and four other people yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so so it was definitely yeah. uh they yeah they created the uh no alcohol in a floating structure uh which they actually created the definition of a floating structure oh while i was out there i love it because you know that didn't exist before uh did this but they also had to Able to make sure they only targeted me, and didn't target someone who had a boat, <laughs> and oh. so so that's why they yeah have a floating structure versus a vessel.
0: Oh wow, I didn't even think about that. So
1: yeah, so they create you know, so they created a legal definition. Uh, you know, all because what was their it,
0: legal definition
1: of a floating so, structure? So a platform. Uh, yeah, so basically, it's like you know, um, you know, uh, anything that basically built on top of a you know floating thing. You know, if it's oh. uh, yeah, it, it's there. Uh, would have to pull up the county description. Yeah, to get it's real super specific. specific. But it's, to they to like they the color of it. your
0: ball yeah they
1: definitely have it clarified for like i said if you start doing any kind of building on top of it they could probably start talking about it being a floating structure Oh, okay you know so um yeah you know, it, but it you know like i said once you kind of see the writing on the wall you know you you got to you know go ahead and look and see what else you can do and that's that's really honestly about the t- how i got into clean eats was uh you know, I, I started seeing that, you know, next year is not promised and, you know, I wanted to be able to plan out for a decade, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I just knew that, you know, with Crab Island, I was never going to be able to do that because every single year they talked about it being the last year, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. every, every year has been a you know pain to try to keep it around. So, you know, I need to kind of figure out what I was going to do next. And uh, that's kind of where Clean Eats came in, came to mind and kind of, yeah, you know, parallel at the same time, you know, I had my own weight loss journey. You know going so uh yeah before i discovered clean eats uh i was down about uh 80 pounds into my uh journey um i've lost a total of 172. uh but yeah so i was about 80 pounds down so close to halfway and that's when uh clean eats originally opened in Shalimar. and so i I wasn't the original owner uh it opened up there and um yeah i came in as a customer and just fell in love with it uh you know first thing i ever had was the arnold wrap uh, you know, it's uh, shredded beef, you know, brown rice, a clean eats Buffalo sauce and a whole wheat wrap. It's amazing. Uh, so, uh, you had, that was hooked. And, uh, then I eventually started using them for my meal prep. And then, uh, like I said, when the whole Crab Island thing was happening, I was like, you know, I, I need to think about what I'm going to do next. And yeah, you know, I made a lot of progress in my health journey at, you know, at this point, I'm, you know, crossed about a hundred pounds. Uh, you know, I was like, I really need to tie my, like I need to tie my health to my business somehow mm-hmm. because I know I'm I'm a very financially motivated person. I've always you know been trying to you know driven to try you know try to make some more money, and so I was like you know if um if I like somehow make it where I have to stay healthy, you know, or else I lose money if I'm not, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you know, and I I found I kind of figured with clean eats like you know. I want to look like I represent Clean Eats. I want you know, I want to look like a healthy guy that yeah. looks like he eats at a place called Clean Eats because Uh, No one wants to buy meal prep from a fat guy. You know, like (laughs) you'll buy your pizza from a fat guy, you'll buy your barbecue from a fat guy, but you don't want to buy your healthy meal prep from that guy. (laughs) That is a
0: that is a solid motivator to stay in shape (laughs) when you you own a meal prep business. Right. (laughs)
1: So I always, you know, so so that's I would say the biggest reason I got it was because I wanted to make sure that I looked like you know a jacked, fit guy that was selling meal prep. And so, like I said, it was it was kind of great timing. I went, uh, to, uh, I went and applied business in Shalomar was taken. I went and applied for uh, Panama city cause I was you know living at Destin at the time. So I knew that wouldn't be a horrible transition over still pretty close to home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I went up to discovery day, uh, you know, my, my dad went with me, uh, and, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. I got approved. Uh, and, uh, so I, I got the territory rights for Panama city. Uh, which ironically that was the first territory I bought for Clean Eats. And it's the only territory out of my five. I don't have open, <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, it's kind of funny how that works out. So right after I, so with
0: that, so yeah. you, you buy the territory, not the actual restaurant. Is that what you're saying? Or? Yeah.
1: So you, uh, originally when you do, um, promote with most franchises, okay. you know, you have to declare, uh, your territory or areas, uh-huh. you know, so, um, like say for clean eats, you know, uh, I originally bought, you know, Panama City. So, you know, I own the Panama City area initially. But then once I actually pick out my store location there, then my, quote, protected territory is going to be, like, within five five miles surrounding that store or 50,000 people population. There's a couple other, Mm -hmm. you know, know, catches and, you know, legal descriptions that kind of really define what it is specifically. But, uh, you know, generally, like in the beginning, you just declare a city You know, it's going to be. And so, um, so like I said, I did Panama city. Well, after I did that, I went to Shalimar the next week, you know, to pick up my meal plan and the owners came out and was like, Hey, how you doing? We heard you just got back from, uh, discovery day. And I was like, yeah, I'm excited. I I got approved. Like, well, Hey, uh, we want to talk to you, uh, sometime, but, uh, not, not here. Uh, Can I get your number? I was like, all right, you know, yeah, I, I knew a I knew, little uh, sketchy. But. Yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew something good was probably happening because it's like, all right, they can't talk to me here, but I want to talk to me. What is this? So, yeah. So, um, you know, so and it was, you know, I probably need to back up a little bit because, you know, this is materializing mindset, and so I need to probably go on and say that. Prior to this and prior to even me getting the Panama City territory, I've already was envisioning uh, you know, having the whole panhandle. Like I yeah. I um because before I even, you know, went to Discovery Day when I really kind of fell in love with Queen Eats so I was doing kind of my own personal research. One day after I went there just eating the cafe, I stayed in the parking lot for about two hours, you know, and uh, you know, just kind of watching the kind of people going in and out. You know, and I, you know when I when I recount this story, it sounds real stalkerish. Uh, you know, keep in mind it was a business. I wasn't there was no one specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm always I was stalking Clean Eats as a whole. Yes, yes. Not the, anyone the company, there. Yeah. But uh, you know, because I just wanted to know, like, hey, is this all gym rats going here? Is it all just fit people? Yeah, because if you, you know, if you think about, it, you know, yes, it might be a small margin. You know, so yeah. So I wanted to make sure it was really welcoming. Well, and, and that's what I discovered there. As, as I sat there, uh, you know, I saw people of different ages. I saw both males, females, couples, single groups of friends, uh, people of different ethnic backgrounds, Uh, you know, and so it was everything I wanted to see, you know, because like, you know, if I'm going to sell business, I want to, you know, help the most people possible. I don't want to only be in a specific niche selling to only, you know, males between this age and this, you know, that's too narrow for me. Uh yeah. you know, I, I wanted it to be broad and you know, somehow help everybody. And I really saw that with you know queen's because I mean I saw, you know, the uh the you know the Jack dude walking out with bags, and then I, I saw someone's grandma walking out with, you know, a bag. And uh, you know, so it was like I said, that was eye-opening. And so I was already at that point manifesting you know what i wanted as far as
0: so with know, the manifesting question. i'm curious if you had some books that you read that, that learned you about that or did you just yeah, kind of
1: so the 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 best the best one out there is the classic think and grow rich by napoleon hill mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the grandfather of all Law of attraction books yeah um you know a more recent uh, very popular book the secret is out there and I, I think the secret's good i think it has a lot of good information but i also think it kind of oversimplifies a little bit um go and you know and i i think it, it to me i didn't i didn't feel the whole like part about taking action more of like because you know to me when you manifest you gotta you gotta think it you gotta be grateful for it but you also gotta go put yourself in the way to receive it
0: yeah exactly you, you
1: know like you know so you know, if I'm if I'm saying that, you know, if I'm truly believing I'm, you know, gonna, you know, find a bunch of real estate deals, you know, and, and they're gonna just come to me, they probably won't if I don't ever leave my house. Yeah. You know, if I don't go network. That's But right. if I believe that and I'm already grateful for it, and I start showing up to all the places where the people who got the deals are, you know, I just go to these different networking events and you know, tell them who I am, what I'm looking for, and just put it out there to, you know, on social media, like, Hey, what it is and what I'm looking for. All of a sudden those deals can start to find you, you know, and, um, you know, it's had me numerous times real estate, but the same thing with uh clean eats here. I, you know, I put out like, yeah, I'm going to do this. So even when I got Panama city, my plan was, is like, Hey, I'm going to build out plan Panama city. I'm going to make it great. And after that, I'm gonna go to Pensacola and I'm gonna build that one out and make that one great. And then I'm gonna do Tallahassee and make that one great. And, ev- and eventually the people who have shot them will probably just wanna sell to me, you know, because like you know, I'll be the the one all around them. And or if they wanted to grow, they would have to end up going somewhere else because again, I would have already grown all the space around them. But uh, they actually um as funny funny as it works out they had been, they didn't, Shalimar wasn't their first choice. They actually wanted to live in Tampa. Oh. Uh, and, um, you know, and they just realized that at the time they started the Shalimar store, the Tampa real estate was just too high for them. They didn't, they didn't feel confident finding the right location over there uh, at a price that they could afford and get started in. And uh, they were able to get Shalimar started very affordably, Uh, you know, uh, so, um, so that's why they went, you know, that route. Uh, well, so they, uh, were offering to, uh, sell it to me and that, you know, at the time it was, uh, you know, it was a top 10 store. There was about 50 clean eats at the moment. I think there was 48 whenever I bought uh Shalimar. Uh, there's over a hundred today. Um, wow. but, uh, but yeah, there was like, think about, uh, when did you buy the one in Shalimar? What year was that? Yeah, it was, uh, uh, let's see, tw- uh, February 2019.
0: Okay. Wow. So they've almost quadrupled in four years. Right wow
1: yeah so uh, clean as a whole i mean yeah so uh actually my it was 2018 february 2018 okay yeah you're all um yeah so uh yeah i did um See. So, yeah so uh they so whenever uh i gave them the you know they got my number they gave me a call we uh set up set up a, a time to You know, go grab some dinner with uh it was uh, me and then uh, the current owner and his wife. Uh, you know, which, yeah, ironically, they were you know same age as me. Actually, he was a little older, she was a little younger. So it was, uh, you know, pretty cool. Uh, you know, people like I said, start you know, started the business and it was it was doing really well. I mean, they were, you know, it was it a was, uh, you know still it was top five out of you know like I said the forty eight open ones. Wow. Uh, so, you know, and and it was beaten way bigger markets because you know i know the local people around here you know they we all know how small Shalimar is but the Shalimar store was like you know be, beating like big cities like you know i'll put it like this like at point Shalimar was number four nashville tennessee was number two <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> you know?
1: and uh you know we uh, you know there, we all know do you how think much that's just is.
0: undying loyalty within Shalimar do you think that's people traveling to Shalimar you know you
1: i i think uh i think you know because that's
0: insane to me when you're yeah. when you're talking about Shalimar in Nashville, yeah. I mean, so
1: I think a lot of it is, um, you know, just now that I've opened other locations uh-huh. and, and, and kind of see it, you know, I think part of it is there's not a tremendous amount of options, you know. So like Shalimar, oh, okay. there's only like I think five restaurants really, you know. Um, okay, yeah. five, There's less than ten, you know, in total. Yeah, you know, yeah. out there. Um, but there's no other healthy ones. So mm. I'm the, I'm the only healthy one. And then when we, you know, even group Fort Walton in there, you know, I have, I have one meal prep competitor in town. Uh, but you know, there's no other healthy cafes really,
0: you know, mm. like there,
1: you know, and you can go to a cat, you can go to a restaurant and eat healthy, but as far as like, there's no other place called, you know, healthy eats clean, you know, there's, you know, there's like I said, there's clean eats, and everything else is they have something nice on the menu yeah, it's yeah. that you can order, but you know, that's not what they special. A couple in. of items. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so I think that has a, a lot to do with it. Um, but at the same time too, I mean, a lot of, it, I think it is, uh, you know, your, your, you know, your staff and customers, you know, mm-hmm. in in locality and, you know, we've always just had real great people, uh, you know, that, that work at a real personable. Uh, and so I think that's just really, really helped us. Uh, but yeah, so uh, whenever we talked, uh, yeah, they were interested in uh, selling, and you know, we were able to come to an agreement. And so whenever I called the uh, you know CEO of Cleaning Stuff and let we'll them know that hey, we're working this deal. You know, at the time they weren't, um, they were still uh, young in the company, and they're new. Do- they're doing territory agreements now. Like I have one, but at that point, they really weren't big on a, on a big on uh having franchise territories. Like yeah. as far as like ter- territory operators, they were more on. You know, let's sell people a franchise and then see how they do, and then we'll sell them a second franchise. They weren't like, you know, versus, I see what you're saying. Versus yeah. there's, you know, people that you know will buy like a like performance 10, based expansion. Yeah, they'll buy like ten op, you know, ten at a time. And so, at that point, I was one of the first actual territory agreements he approved because at that point he's like, well. I just told you Panama city and I don't, I don't want to do a lateral move and just transfer you over. I, I want to make sure, you know, it grows the company. So I'll go ahead and uh, give you that all the territory you wanted. Cause I originally, when I went there, I asked for uh Pensacola to Tallahassee, uh mine is Shalimar. Um, you know, and uh, at that time they just, you know, kind of weren't ready to do that. But I, I, in hindsight, I think it was because they still had the Shalimar people there. And so whenever they were c- clearing out and selling to me, I think he then saw I was the perfect opportunity to have, you know, just one person to have to talk to for the whole panhandle instead of maybe four or five, you know, mm-hmm. so that simplifies it, you know, for the CEO. Yep. And uh, then at the same time, um, like I said, I, I was able to have the opportunity to, you know, go ahead and, uh, you know, buy out the whole, the whole territory. So I uh, did a, a four store agreement. Uh, so that I was going uh, to already had Panama city. I was buying Shalomar, and then I added in the uh, Pan the Pensacola and the Tallahassee, so with purchase. those,
0: are you like solely responsible for the purchase of the commercial buildings, or do you just lease it out? Or how so you...
1: it, it, that that'd be up to me. So yeah. right now, everything I have is a lease. Okay. Uh, uh, eventually, I would after um, I do one more, I want to go into where I only buy. Yeah. Um, do you like you a know, McDonald's deal. Yeah, right? and so I'll, I'll take my time a little bit more uh, after that. Um, but. You know, uh, one person I, I look up to is uh, that I listened at, to at uh, GrowthCon a couple years ago is uh, Tilman mm-hmm. Uh You know, he's the uh, most famous for the, uh, owning the Houston Rockets, but a lot of people don't realize he owns over 600 restaurants. Oh wow! Uh, you know, because he owns all the Landrys, uh, the Bubble Gumps, uh, the Golden Nugget Casino is. Oh wow! And so, um, and uh, you know, one of the one of the things that um, that he he said at, at GrowthCon was that. When someone asked him about, you know, the real because, you know, Grant loves to bring up, you know, Grant's the host of GrowthCon and loves to bring up the real estate questions. So he asked, you know, uh, Tillman if he owned all his real estate or or if they leased him. And he said he, he tries to own as much of it as he can, but he always would choose the best location no matter. And, and so if the best location wasn't available for sale, but was available for lease, he'd go ahead and lease it because he believed the best location was more important than owning or leasing. That's um, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which I, I totally agree with Yeah, to an extent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's
0: yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't own a whole bunch of property or anything, mm-hmm. but I know from people that I've talked to locations, very important, but it's also very important to stock that portfolio too. Right. Cause you can hedge so, it against other investments and you can mm-hmm. depreciate. So,
1: anyway. yeah. So, so I, I, so I went right now. Um, I knew that if I was if I was buying the real estate, it would have took a little too long to you know, keep growing. So I knew the fastest way to grow more locations was through leasing. Uh, but now that I have you know a, a good base number of stores, like I said, if, uh, probably after the fifth one. I really want to go to where I just you know buy the real estate. Uh, yeah, you know, so I use that cash flow to then turn around and uh you know buy the real estate for the next location, and then you know lease lease them all back you know to myself and to other people, and then uh from there I'll I'd be able to uh, you know refinance it in a few years and hopefully buy another one. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> yeah.
0: it. That's the way to be, man. Yeah, that's that's the long term growth. Well, man, that's mm. you just rolled through that. That was you, you just crushed it, man. I mean that that was um gosh it's crazy to hear how just i mean it really from from what it sounds like it all started from you thinking that you were going to be able to do it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like i'm curious to know going back to that you sitting in the parking lot for two hours i mean i think sometimes it takes a level of crazy yeah to to be successful you know it takes a level of like i'm gonna do this no matter what so i mean when you're sitting in that parking lot uh, I, i guess my thought is more to like the the aspect like of, of self-worth because a lot of times i hear that y- you know you're limited to whatever you think you're worthy of mm-hmm. so where did you reach because you said when you got out of prison like you know you had reached that low point how much time had passed between when you had gotten out of prison and when you were sitting in that parking lot thinking to yourself i'm gonna own these things
1: yeah so um i i was i was probably about a little over two, two years out uh-huh. whenever, whenever that that happened um yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and that was just kind of like, so going through, uh, you know, the transition periods of, you know, I said, I was doing the Crab Island thing that, well, it's actually, yeah, th- yeah. Three years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was doing the Crab Island thing. And like I said, did that for three years. There was a, a day, I think after doing two years of the Crab Island that I eventually closed my pizza restaurant down just because I was like, yeah. You know, amount of stress that was caused me for the little i was getting off of it just wasn't worth it you mm-hmm. know like as there's one day i had a yeah you know, i kept having some theft issues and i got uh i got a call like with employees yeah or with was, employees oh, yeah, yeah i just it was it was a it was a harder area i think that that area where i had it, it's actually gotten a lot better since the time i had it there. yeah it's, it's grown out that when did way did you have
0: it back out there like 25th
1: 24th, 24th uh 24th? See, i um opened it in uh twenty. 20- 12, 2012, yeah. okay and then I think I think I ended up closing it in two thousand sixteen. Okay. Um yeah so they built some neighborhoods back there. It's yeah, nicer back So there now. yeah so it's it's grown a lot. But like I said that time it was really uh you had a lot of uh people who Kind of had you know meth problems. I was gonna say punch like folk, but yeah, yeah. yeah, and uh, and so um, yeah, I just kept having, you know, I kept getting robbed twenty bucks out of my drawer. Like it, it just be an, it'd be, it almost just be annoying because yeah. it, it'd be like twenty short, twenty short. And uh, finally, one one uh, Saturday morning, after I got a call from the morning person, checking like, "Hey, George, twenty short." You know, of course, the night person's blaming the morning person, the morning person's blaming the night person. I go look at the cameras, and I I see both of them do things that look, you know, that kind of like a quick hand movement. And I couldn't really necessarily set, like look look suspicious, but I couldn't clearly see anything either way. But enough to know that I really didn't probably trust either of them, and I just realized like at that point man, you're stressing over $20 when you just made a thousand dollars the day before, you know, doing your, you know, other business. So, you know, you probably need to let this one go. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I did. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's like I said, at that point I was still focused on the crab Island. Um, uh, but then, uh, you know, from there it was all about, you know, clean eats. And so, uh, and so, uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, where, I, where I went.
0: Yeah, man. Well, and I know one of the big things that you've talked about before, and that we've talked about, is that investing in yourself. Right. Right. Going to GrowthCon, doing these things, getting uncomfortable, putting yourself in rooms with people where you don't know anybody, and there's five thousand people there. You right.
1: Know? No, that's so. The- tell me
0: about. So, I want to kind of talk about like GrowthCon. Like, when did you start going to that? What made you get into that? With that Grant Cardone and that mindset, right? Like,
1: yeah. So, uh twenty twenty two was my first year. So I went uh last. Let's see, yeah, last year and this year. Uh, and then I got my tickets for next year. Um, but yeah, when I, so when I first went, I, um, yeah, they got all different levels of tickets. There's about five levels, uh, Yeah, you know, you can, you can purchase in. And so the first year I went, I did the dead middle levels. It was called VIP, which above VIP there's premier and then there's diamond. Um, but the v- VIP was like the lowest level that still had the networking lunches. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you know, yeah. so, um, you know, so because I did, I did think there was going to be some value there. Uh, but just, you know, for perspective, I think my, um, VIP ticket was $2,500 at the time. The diamond tickets were, uh, over uh, 20,000. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. so it's kind of like way, you know, big spread. And so it was like, man, I don't, I don't know about spending that yet. I, I've never been. So I went and then my, the year I, that, that year I went, that's when I kind of realized like at the higher ticket levels, what you're really buying is your proximity to mm-hmm. other success. Um, and what, it, the the deal that made me buy a, a diamond, t- which where I say, yeah, I did buy a diamond ticket for the next year, but they sell them discounted at the previous year. So yeah, yeah, I was yeah. able to buy a diamond ticket for $7,500 at the end of the year before growth con. But the catch is, you didn't know where it was going to be. And you didn't know the dates. Yeah. So I got over a I got, you know, 12, 12, 12 grand disc- discount on that. But, uh, from what they retail after everything's released. But like I said, you know, you're buying blind, uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, something as important as that, you know, um, you know, it's and you, you know, we knew, I knew it was going to be in the spring, you know, so I just needed to kind of keep my calendar open, you know, Mm -hmm. for the, you know, February, March, April time until they announced the dates. Uh, but the reason I bought that ticket was they had a, uh, a grant called out to a guy sitting in the front row. He's like, Hey, what's up, Mike? Hey, Mike, this is the reason why you bought the diamond, diamond ticket. level ticket at yeah. the growth con yeah. in 2022. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, so he said, Hey Mike, come on up here a minute. I was like, Hey, he needed grants on the microphone. Hey everyone. I want you to see this guy. I want you to see what's, what all y'all need to do. So this guy came on stage and he's, he's dressed to the nines, like custom suit, like very, like very custom. Like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, and the dude, like, yeah, he looked jacked. Like he, you know, like even in a suit, you could tell like he was swole, uh, and, uh, worked out and, uh, kind of, you know, kind of curious. So, um, but yeah, he had Richard Miller, wa- really M- Richard Milley watch on, no, of course, uh, yeah. you know, like I said, God just screams success. And, uh, so he's like, Hey Mike, uh, tell, tell everyone, uh, what it is you do. The dude owns world gym, uh, Taiwan. Like he bought the world gym name rights for all of Asia oh. and he owns world gym Taiwan. So come find the guy who owns three hundred and forty-eight gems. Okay. Oh my god. Like three hundred and forty eight. I was like, holy cow. I I don't know. I know a couple people that have like two, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I so, so like, yeah. So that. he owns hundreds of gems in Asia and uh and uh so grant's like hey mike uh how much and so first of all back up on the dress thing grant's like hey everyone you need to you know always dress sharp because people will remember you you're never going to forget this guy mike because yeah. of how he's dressed and and grant's 100 percent right i never forgot him and i, I was i was I thought he was so cool that I wanted to go sit by on that uh, in the diamond section. So I could find find out you know more and how he did this. So, uh, so anyway, and then the next question was, uh, how much revenue did you do last year? Uh, 1.125 billion. Oh I'm my, like, this guy did over God. a billion dollars as a gym owner. You know, and I'm just like, yeah you know, uh, so crazy. this is this is totally uh you know lifting my lid of what i thought was possible in life because you know so this is and this is the same year that tillman was an actual tillman fortino was an actual speaker so here day before i heard that this guy owns 600 restaurants you know which i thought a big restaurant owner owned like five to ten yeah right and i thought That's, that was it like right. i didn't i didn't know anyone that ever owned more than that so i thought that was you know so my my Thought belief of what a big restaurant owner was completely changed the day before. And then the next day, it's like I'm rechanged again by hearing that someone owns hundreds of gems and he does over a billion year revenue. Well, kind of cool, cool story. So the next year, I got my diamond ticket. I walk up to, you know, Mike. And, you know, I got, I walked up to him the year before I had my VIP ticket, but you know, uh, it is a little bit. You know, like wh- why would he want to talk to me? Seeing I'm just a, you know, a little VIP on. You know, like who am I? You know, so yeah. So I felt better when I walked up with that diamond badge on because you know, now I'm walking. You know, to him like you know, hey, I bought the same ticket. Like you know, a peer, yeah, yeah, as yeah, as a, yeah, more of a, more of an equal. Even though I'll go and say that that guy's got me beat by like probably a billion to one, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, uh, but you know, it was cool. So it was, it was really neat. Uh, ranch line. One of the things I did the year before to kind of make myself be memorable to him was I showed him my weight loss, you know, pick. Yeah. And so he remembered me from the previous year yep. because, you know, my picture is so drastic that it does you know stick in people's minds. And so uh so I, t- I told him uh that this year when I was there, I'm like, hey, just want you to know, you're one of the big reasons I bought this diamond ticket. I wanted to eat lunch with you one day. And we uh so for what uh uh two of the two of the three days we sat at the same table. One of the days we sat right by each other and the whole whole lunch for 45 minutes, there I am able to, you know, talk to him, ask him questions, you know. And
0: that's so awesome. And uh
1: yeah, so here, hearing, hearing how this guy is, you know, was just a you know a gym bro from California. Uh, you know, kind of on the muscle beach scene, uh, you know, over there been, you know, in the bodybuilding and gyms his whole life. And then he, you know, had a couple in California, eventually sold them and then realized there was such a huge opportunity over in Asia. He's like, you know, uh, he's like, you know, at the time it's was like, I didn't know any Chinese, but I learned some Mandarin now, you know, and, uh, you know, and he's, you know, he's got a, you know, Gulf stream that he's like, you know, you know, flies back and forth from, uh, You know, Asia to America. On he's got property all over the U.S. You know, I'm telling him, you know, that I'm I'm from Destin. He's oh, I I love going down there. I got some actually, I got some houses over on 30A so I was like cool man we should hang out whenever you can what's a door code yeah so yeah he so like I said just meeting someone with that level of success like really you know changes like what you you know possible and then you know even even hearing Grant Cardone's story of you know you know come you know from you know having you know a background you know of addiction issues to you know rising up out of that you know not coming from you know not having no one in his family that had any you know real money or anything and then you know him you know self-creating you know at all you know really just, like changes like so what's what you believe is possible for yourself that's and, true uh, and that's 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 what i love most about you know going to growth con and things like that is just having uh you know my lid being lifted on you know what what the, what the top is you it know, could actually be
0: yeah that's so true man yeah and, and i think you made a really good point there and that's that's when you approach that guy you know you approach him like just a regular person mm-hmm. you know and it's funny that I think so often and myself included, we'll, we'll, we'll not go approach that person that, you know, whether at a networking event or we're out in public and we see someone that like, man, I know they're doing big things. I want to go talk to them, but they don't want to talk to me. Right. Whereas if you just go, if you just show up and show out and say, hey, what's up? My name is someone, you know, and, and introduce yourself and go that route. I feel like it creates that human connection. Right. And that's one of the things I've noticed with you too is like everywhere you go, I feel like you're like, you never meet a stranger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I see, I feel like, with you taking that mentality and that love of people, I feel like a lot of people could benefit from hearing how much I feel like your love of people has helped you be successful, right? Like you were right. talking about before, you're in you're in a situation now where you've got a business partner and you handle all the people, right? right? All, all the people come your way and you're and you
1: love yeah. it, right? Well, and and one thing I, I realized to be a successful restaurant owner is that you know I got to be well liked, mm. you know, because you don't you don't ever want to be described as like. Man, I, I met that guy that owns Clean Eats one time. And but if if the interactions that everyone says about me, I was like, Man, I met that guy that owns Clean Eats and he was so cool. Yeah. Like he he was help he was helpful, man. He uh, spotted me in the gym. He yeah. you know, he told me I was doing great, like he was encouraging to me. You know, like th- that'll that'll leave a positive impression and then in turn it'll help my business because mm-hmm. you know, people were then talking positive about me. So, you know, I, I joked about it with someone the other day that It was like, man, I wish I I sold a product everyone absolutely had to have because then, you know, I wouldn't have to care about what people think. But, uh, you know, since I'm in the food food and. You know, I, I got competition like crazy because even, you know, those might not be you know surrounded by health food restaurants. You know, every restaurant is a competition for me at some point, you know, because every day we have a choice. Am I going to go here or I'm going to go here, you know? And sometimes, you know, the, the craving of the type of food really matters. But at times it's like, man, I remember, Hey, they were real nice to me there. I'm gonna go over there, yeah. today, you know? And, uh, and so, um, so I, I really try to always, uh, you know, be, be positive around the people. I, I try to keep, a you know, as, as a lot of times, you know, we'll be thin our own heads and we won't be smiling. I try to be conscious of my facial expressions. Yeah. So I am smiling when I'm walking by and greeting people, you know, just because, you know, that, that little bit of, you know, a positivity, you know, you don't, you know, it might, it might, might be nothing or it might, you know, come back and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, help you out later. You know, you just, ne- you just never know, but I can, I can, uh, say that I've never really seen where, coming across whereas you know the opposite fashion of you know where you know you've come through with a grim face and that's never helped anybody oh yeah
0: <laughs> that's know. absolutely true man yeah i like that you said that you're really self-aware of your facial
1: expressions right well and let me phrase i try to be, try to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some,
0: i feel like it allows people to feel comfortable around you mm-hmm. and when you can do that you get the best out of people exactly you know so like it's because i feel the exact same way bro it's like the other day, you know, I I work at a, a um, at an office that my company leases out of the condo and I go and just walk on the sidewalk, like just to go clear my mind for like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And anytime I see people, I make it a point to smile at them, nod my head or say, hey, I think like you're saying, man, because you're not always going to get it back. Right. But if you're always putting it out, you know, you never know what seeds you're planting. So that's really cool that you, you right. know, that's your that's your view on it, because I, I share that same sentiment, you know
1: yeah you even like so when I'm like walking in my neighborhood you know pretty much everyone that drives by me I'm always waving Yeah, <laughs> you know just, you know, and uh yeah just feels like I said it yeah past this positive vibes. And I, I've been in my current neighborhood for about 18 months like when I when I first moved there there were like people weren't waving back but now it's like every single person's yep. like, waving back uh you know they're all everyone's wanting to you know whenever my dog comes by they're all wanting to like stop pet my dog because I got a really cool looking uh Merle bully yeah it's real friendly he loves everybody <laughs> and so, yeah uh, and so um you know so, like I said, it's, it's just by, I think you know, them, them seeing that I'm always, you know, positive and optimistic is like the said, open the doors for them to all want to, you know, be, be friendly and welcoming back.
0: Yeah, that's it, man. And, and you know, like you kind of mentioned it, it, that you, you went them over eventually. Right. Yeah, if you stay you on. You can only
1: wave so many times <laughs> and then not wave back to you for them be like, okay, I should wave back. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly, man. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and, and, and that's, uh. I don't know. I feel like it's not a developed. I don't know that it's developed or you're born with it or what. But man, I can I can think. I would have to think that like your time locked up, like it just makes you so appreciative of. I can't imagine how much you were just grateful for like interactions with people and being out. Like, do you think that kind of impacted
1: your view? Oh, uh, definitely, definitely. I mean, honestly, I I think um, you know. I mean, I I don't. I don't want to you know say that you know prison was one of the best things that ever happened to me, but in in a sense. You know, I could argue that it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me yeah. uh, for the fact that it taught me what a real bad day was. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, I, I've had I've had days, you know, I own four restaurants, and a bunch of rentals, you know, probably my one of my craziest weeks I've ever had. I've I had um a pipe pipe uh go b- bust at one restaurant i had someone drive into some outside pipes at another restaurant i had a walk-in go down another one and i had another refrigeration issue. Sh- so i things going on same time i had at one of my airbnbs i had someone go through a sliding glass door oh my <laughs> and, sh- God. and shatter and shatter ah. glass door. um you know a lot of people be like that sucks and it did but at same time you know what a bad day is is uh not going home to see people you love it's not you know it's uh not 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 uh not being able to hug your your family for you know months years on end uh you know it's uh, it's, it's someone it's losing a family member uh, you know, uh, you know, if if money I kind of figured it out, if money can solve the problem, it's not a real problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I like that, man. Yeah. If money can solve the problem, yeah. it's not a real problem. Yeah. So, you know, money money can fix the broken door, money can fix the refrigerators, you know. So those aren't you know the real problems. Don't get wrong, there are times where the money gets tight and uh, you does. know, and that it, yeah. and you know, being short on money is is a slight problem, but at the end of the day, it's, it's not, it's not one of those, uh, that it's not fixable, you exactly. know, uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, pr- prison really just gave me an appreciation for, you know, the rest of life. Um, you know, like, I mean, there's times I'm, I'm, uh, you know, walking my dog early in the morning. I'm just like, I'm just so grateful for this day. I'm out here, you know, I can, I can get up and walk out of my house whenever I want to, I can, you know, just, you know, enjoy this fresh air. I am healthy. I'm able to walk. I mean, because there's some people that aren't even able to walk, Dude. you know, and so, uh, so that, you know, I'm able to exercise, uh, you know, and so you just got to like have that constant sense, but yeah, going through something so bad, uh, you know, and I think, you know, different people take it different ways. I, you know, I, I clearly am more of an exception than a rule because, you know, most people that have gone through prison, go back to prison, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, like I think in the state of Alabama, the recidivism rate is uh 67% within three years uh you know that's that be you know if you win away you got a 67 percent chance you'll be back in there within three years yeah uh you know and um and uh so you know i've i've I beat those odds <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah uh, you know um, uh, but it's i think it's because like i said of my outlook of just knowing like said it's it you know being at being free is a blessing you know being yeah. able to do all this stuff is you know as a gift and uh you know i need and i just need to constantly be grateful for it yeah man i know uh I tell you, you saying me being able to walk, it like struck a
0: core memory for me when I was working on the beach. You know, we had a we had a boardwalk. It was like three stories and no Uh handicap ramp. And he's got a straw in his mouth and he's in a wheelchair. I'm like, what is it? And well, he's controlling the wheelchair with his mouth because he's fully like he's paralyzed from the neck down Mm -hmm. and there's no way for him to get down there. And so I was like, I'll carry you. And I remember carrying him down and getting him out in the water, and he's like just floating out in the water, just laughing, having a good time. It was the first time he'd been at the beach since he his accident.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And him looking at me and just saying like, "I'm so grateful for you. You allow me to have this beach day." Like, like what That's the beautiful. fuck am I complaining about? Right. Dude? Yeah, this man. Like I remember, I remember going up to him. He had these yellow Nikes on. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I like those shoes, bro. He's like, yeah, I keep them looking pretty new you know like just, <laughs> and, and it, it's just we don't like, move a lot yeah exactly <laughs> and, and uh but man just like the i, I don't know man it, it, it's one of those things where after after that interaction and like you know he was with another another person who was paralyzed from the from the waist down i had to carry her too and like just feeling their appreciation for it and for where they were at it's like i've had i've i've been pissed off on that beach before because of a customer didn't tip or something didn't go my way, you know? And it's like, it's like you said, man, I am, I can see, I can hear, I can smell, I can taste, man, Mm. any, I've never had it so good. Right. You know, it's like, and so I think that's, that's a really important thing, man, for, for somebody to, to realize that and to have that, I think is, it's something that I try to carry with me too. And, um, you know, I think we all fall short, but, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's, it's like you even mentioned before, just having that that self-worth to know, like, you know, this isn't where I want to be right now. But I know I'm capable of more, right? You know, so I think I think that's a really cool deal. And um, I kind of want to talk. I know you, you kind of we haven't really talked about it, but man, your your investment game, man. You're Yeah, with the real estate. So I know that that you're living over in Pensacola. You yep. got some. Tell me about your short term rentals. You got some long
1: term rentals in Destin, or yeah, so, so I got a little bit of both. Uh, currently, rental wise, I have four rentals. I got two short terms and two long terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, short terms, I have one here in Fort Walton and one in Destin uh, long terms. I have one here in Fort Walton and one in Tallahassee. Uh, and then I got a, my primary living in Pensacola. And then, um, uh, yeah, big reason I moved to Pensacola was, uh, just to look for more opportunities, you know, because you over here in, uh, you know, in Okaloosa County, my home County, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of demand, but, you know, prices are high. And so when I started looking at the cost of purchase, versus uh the cost of uh what i can rent it for cost sales realizing like the, there's a lot of good roi opportunities out in pensacola that are even better than over here you mm. know because your, your cost to get into yep. it is a little is less but your you know, your accent isn't isn't uh isn't that much lower than the you know prices over here you know so mm-hmm. uh so it's there's a lot of advantages to it so and, um, and before I moved, there was, you know, a few motel opportunities that I was, was kind of semi looking at out there that'd be like, you know, 20 unit motels that were, you know, for sale for around, you know, uh, half million dollars, you know, and you know but that lot of that times seem horrible but yeah but bad. then when you go look at them they're like you know prostitution yeah. spots and you know crack and, hotel, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. yeah they rent by the day yeah, everybody by the hour yeah yeah and uh so definitely not you know i was also looking for the opportunity of maybe buying them and converting them to something better yeah yeah but like i said just playing with that idea um never ended up finding the right one but kept just looking for opportunities out there and uh and so I ended up, uh, you know, signing up for a wholesale mastermind, and that's when I met my friend uh, uh, w- uh, William McClelland. Uh, and uh, you know, he used to be a project manager for Dr. Horton. He uh, built hundreds of houses uh, for them. It was funny. I actually uh, sent him a pic of a townhouse development the other day, and I was like, "Man, I really like us to start building doing some build to rent like this." He's like. Hey, that's the floor plan. This, this from Dr. Horton. I built over hundred of those. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you know, and I was like, man, what a great connection. Uh, you know, just a random text. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but yes, like I said, yes, yeah, and again, I, that was uh, some yeah manifest in that play because you know I I knew I wanted to do this, I, and I knew I eventually wanted to get into building and developing, uh, but I didn't know you know how to really get started. I go to this wholesome mastermind, and ironically. I didn't. I went there to learn how to find my own deals. I never really wanted to be a wholesaler. Ironically, William went there to learn the same thing. He wanted uh, to find some yeah. deals. He had no interest in wholesaling either. Yeah. And so we just uh, you know really uh, clicked right away. And so uh, we decided to you know form up our own LLC together. And then we uh, recently just bought a little over two acres. That we're in the middle of working with the uh the county is it's technically it's going to be our first uh it's going to be our first neighborhood because uh, we did have to we're doing apply for a you know subdivision uh you know permit and everything but uh, it's only gonna be four houses, so it's a very yeah. little neighborhood. Uh, so, but it'll be, uh, but they are gonna be real nice. Are you gonna
0: put the? Is that where you are putting the townhouses? Or are
1: you doing that? No, like, no. So like, these, these ones are gonna just be uh, single family. Uh, we're build going to do build to sell on these. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, um, and the kind of it's a real, so kind of let people pick their floor plans. Well, and, so here is the real cool thing, and I and uh, I am I am still learning with with land, but uh, you know, so what we did was we bought the land for cash. Okay, we're getting it fully prepped. By the time we have it, you know, fully prepped, we're then partnering with a builder. So the builder then, since our land is free and clear, they can then, you know, put a lien, they'll be first lien position on the property. So the builder then goes to their bank. They're gonna finance all the construction themselves. And then when it's all when the houses are all done, we go sell the houses and we get our money back for the land, for the lot. They get their money back for the construction, and we split the profit. That is perfect. Yeah. So it's a great wow, scenario. Wow. Yeah. So, 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 uh, so everybody wins.
0: Yeah. yeah you know? So like
1: my, my risk really stops after I buy the land. Uh, so I was going to say,
0: cause that, that only deal can kind of happen if you've got yeah, the land free and clear. Right? Yeah.
1: And so, uh, yeah. So for this, this particular deal, uh, you know, I, we got, we, this was a sweet one, but you know, I know people love hearing numbers. So I'm going to tell some numbers. So we bought the land for uh 103, uh, for, so two acres for 103,000. So a lower 50,000 acre uh it was two or four acres? it was a little over two acres oh, okay two acres but uh we we were able to uh we're for sure going to get four lots we might get a fifth but i think it, i think we're going to have to do a utility easement on that extra spot so it's probably just going to be the four lots uh but we'll be able to do uh the um uh, we'll be able to the uh, we'll be able to build four houses there um so we will by the time we have the land prep we'll be all in it for 120,000 so that'd be about 35 grand a, or i'm sorry about yeah 30 grand a lot uh you know to build the houses and um and then uh we should build a build for about you know one one ten to one twenty a foot and then probably sell somewhere between you know two ten and two twenty a foot. Yeah. Uh so you know so each out we'll be building about a three thousand square foot houses. Nice. Uh you know and so yeah they should be good and um this this Ticker sell in is great. We're like five minutes from Publix, uh, you know. So in it's, in, it's in uh, in Pensacola. Oh, but in Pensacola. So it's yeah, as yeah, yeah, clo- yeah. close to uh, Navy Federal Credit Union. Yeah, so, so
0: if it's it's close to Publix, so it's right there, like near the college,
1: kind yeah. of. Yeah. So the uh, the other pub there's two Publixes on Nine Mile. So oh, it's the it's okay. the, uh, the one on the west side of Nine Mile. Oh, okay, I went but, to I went to UWF, so I'm only yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they built the second one over there closer cool. to Navy Federal, and uh, and so uh, we've been. Doing a research for this, and we realized, like, yeah, you know, Navy federal execs, since they've been all been called back to work, or, you know, buying buying houses, trying to be close to there. So, you know, were trying to build, like I said, that house that they're looking for. That's you know in the you know six hundred fifty to seven hundred you know thousand dollar range, and uh, you know, and so we should be able to. You know after all four houses are done, you know, it should be somewhere between you know eight hundred thousand to a million in profit, and you know the builders get half, and me and my partner will get half. Yeah, <laughs> you know, That's perfect. So, yeah, it's a great deal. And so, so you guys uh, just gonna like a
0: cul-de-sac street, or how are you gonna? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: so it'd be a little cul-de-sac, going to the, the four driveways, and um, and then uh, you know, from there what we want to do though is is then take that cash and then do, do buy some more land, but then we we do want to get into build to rent, you know, is is our ultimate goal. Uh, so um, so build right the rent now, for like commercial. or uh, Build the rent for uh, residential. Uh, but but uh, I, you know well, I want to get into commercial spaces too. Okay, but yeah, so just like you know, build a townhouse development, but never sell them. You know? oh okay so i just you know build it all keep them all got it, it got all. it so build it so that you can rent it right right okay
0: Okay. yeah yeah and that's, i was that's, getting confused with like because i know commercial will say like built a suite yeah know? right like, right like right you, yeah
1: yeah yeah so a lot of the yeah a lot of the big bigger uh developers out there uh you, you'll start starting to see uh in a lot of the big companies like i think you know jp morgan just you know start you know buying real estate and stuff yeah. and so that's what a lot of those uh big guys are doing is partnering and doing build to rent subdivisions where they're, you know, building whole neighborhoods where the, historically they would have then, you know, sold the houses, but instead the developers keeping the whole neighborhood to then rent, you know? And, uh, and so that's something that I'm, I'm hoping to build a, you know, take advantage of and do, yeah. do similarly in the future. Well, man, I'd want to see more people like you doing that than
0: JP Morgan. Exactly. Or Chase bank. You yeah. know, it's like those big banks come in and, and I mean, I saw this, uh, in my previous role that, banks like homes that are in pre-foreclosure or homes that are stuck like because someone's in the military so right. you can't technically take the home from or whatever they'll go in and they'll just keep the keep the lawn nice keep the locks on the doors make sure the windows don't break and just hold it yeah don't sell it don't do anything with it just hold it now that's just another house that's just not available for anyone to live in or right. buy or rent or do anything with i mean and there's multiple houses like that even just in fort walt
1: mm-hmm.
0: where they're just sitting there with the lockbox on it and they get cut you know yard gets cut to avoid code enforcement liens and then these big companies just hold it as a, as a portfolio ad so they can hedge against their tax bill. Exactly. And so seeing people like you that are coming in and, and, have a plan you know you oh right. these people have these jobs we can do this so i i think that's, that's yeah and and, and,
1: I, and i like to be i like to be a good landlord too you yeah know? so dude. i want to make sure that you know they they everything's working for them i think anybody cliche. who has
0: yeah. made it this far would agree that you'd make a great landlord <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah yeah so you know definitely definitely like to be a quality landlord yeah landlord. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah you don't
0: want to do that i know i talked with a buddy of mine um he has the same mentality man he's like i want to do you know because the way that he sees it he's like that's his investment you know what i mean so it's like it's his investment and those are real people living there right so it's like it's you know it, it's not you don't want to half-ass something when you're talking about
1: yeah you, well, you no, got no, your no. name on it and what well, you got yeah yeah some people uh still years like i um i've managing uh so, uh some rentals for my uh, family for even longer than i've had my own rentals and short term um, or long term uh uh short or long term. Okay. So yeah, so uh yeah, my uh my uh, parents have like six apartment units and then oh, cool. uh then they have uh three houses uh that they rent. So nine in total and I mean I have um I've had, I've had people live for years in in my places, you yeah, know. So um you know, I think uh out of the this uh the the six apartments and uh and uh, I have here in Fort Walton, I think three of them well, three of them are my original tenants when I when I took over the property and started renting uh in uh 2017, yeah. So we're you know it's 2023, uh you know sort of sit, you locked, know, six yeah, years, right. yeah. and then I mean, I think yeah, I would have uh yeah my in the other house I have someone who's been there for probably about five years. So you know, like I said, if it's you awesome. you you take care of them, you know they they you know they want to stay.
0: Yeah, that's it, man. That and that's the biggest thing is, is is treating people how you want to be treated, right? Right. I mean, I think that's it's it's that golden rule that I think so many people forget. Um when they get to a certain point, but I don't know, that's, that's really, that's really nice. So, um, and so you talk about, you know, you've, you've got these businesses, you've, you've, you've got some, some, uh, you know, some stuff in your portfolio, you've mm-hmm. got some big things come with the neighborhood, man. But I just want to kind of know, like, what are some things that you've had to sacrifice? You know, what are some things that you've looked at realistically and said, you know what, I can't do this anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, pro- probably I'd, I'd say, uh, one of the, uh, Biggest ones I've done is like there's been a few relationships I had to cut off, you know, mm. like uh, you know, like I mean I, you know I I was I was heartbroken at one point it was like you know I had to you know break up with uh you know with a girlfriend that you know I I was really into her but then I realized I don't think she was really good for me you yeah. know like I didn't I didn't think uh you know she had the kind of growth mindset you know and I I didn't necessarily think like that, you know I thought maybe I maybe I was a little more too infatuated with uh you know, her appearance and how, you know, beautiful she was and stuff like the kind of, you know, the kind of having the kind of qualities that I really wanted to see as someone who could be my, you know, my supportive, uh, other half, uh, you know, so, um, so I've, definitely have, you know, I've, you know, kept myself, you know, focused, uh, and really on stuff that I think that's just going to keep, you know, adding, uh, to me, um, you know, daily, daily routines, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't go out at night a lot. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I usually, uh, most days I get up at 4 a.m. Uh, there are days that I actually get up at, you know, before that there's, you know, if I sleep in, sometimes it's usually until 5.30. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, but. Uh, what time are you going to bed at night? Yeah. You, and that I usually go to bed between 8.30 and 9.30. 30. just okay. kind of depends on the day. If I got a day, I'm going to get up at 3.45, I usually go to bed before 9.00. If I get you know, a day that's going to be, you know, five, I might go at nine 30, 10 o'clock, you know, but, uh, you know, so I tried, you know, I'd say, uh, my, my phone goes actually into, uh, goes into sleep mode at nine 30 PM. Uh, you know, and then it doesn't, it doesn't come out of that mode until I turn it off or it automatically goes off at eight. Uh, you know, but, um, usually I end up turning it off whenever I get up, you know, which is usually, like I said, between four and five. Mm -hmm. And, um, but uh yeah, so with that, with that routine though, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure I, you know, was able to get up early and get a lot of things done that were just for me. Like basically my morning time is my selfish time. Um and the and the reason I get up so early is like I know in the long run, you know, I do want a family, I you know, I do want a wife, I do want kids, I want to be able to spend, you know, time with them. And I realize that if I set my routine up to where I get all these things that are done for me out of the way early, God, there's good, there's a real good chance that, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the uh, my future wife isn't going to want to get up at 4am herself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know that she might, she might be a seven o'clock person. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so, um, so, you know, so I'll have those, you know, three hours that I can just be fully focused on myself and make myself better, you know, working out, you know, reading, just going, you know, for a walk, um, and, uh, you know, just get my mind right for the day, thinking about what I got to focus on, uh, you know, and I'm able to do that and that will never, that'll never be interrupted or take away from versus if, you know, if I was going to the gym in the evening after work, well, eventually whenever I do have that family, that would be cutting into the time that I could be given, you know, to them. So, so be thinking, like I said, you know, future forward, you know, of what, what I want to have and what I want to be in my life. Like I said, I went with the early morning routine, um, you know, and, uh, you, you, it's, you know, really, I think to be successful, it's all about, you know, your standards for yourself, you mm. know, so a couple, your know, rules I made for my, myself and, um, you know, it's like, I, you know, I make sure I get a minimum of 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's my, that's, that's my rule, my rule that it's, it's got to gotta get 10,000. Um, I, do uh 400 meters a day of walking lunges.
0: Yeah, uh, you
1: know um yeah I got to get my lunges in every day. And when and when I you know for everyone thinks like man is this guy you know is he uh, David Goggins or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, no I'm not I'm not I'm not perfect. And there will be you a know. Day it's- Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. But
0: as soon as you said that, there was this lady running right behind you. Oh, really? <laughs> through the window, yeah, was, yeah. Sorry, that was hilarious. Yeah,
1: and uh, you know, which I'm a huge David Goggins fan. He's he is the man. Uh, you know, but I'm I'm not perfect. There will be a day I eventually do miss. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, you you know what you got to do, and you know you know you. So you know if you're making an excuse, or if like you really just need to let it go for the day. So out of the past, you know, two months, there's only been two days I didn't lunch, you know, Damn. you know, and, and uh, what, what were the reasons? What were the reasons? Yeah, I, there, I mean, one of them just, uh, I was kind of like having just a real off day one day. Yeah. Like I really was like feel bad. I, I wear a whoop. So my recovery was bad. It was in the red. And I, I and it hit, Last year, I'd like push through a bunch of these red, uh, red days and then I got sick. And oh, so I realized I, yeah. so at, th- at this particular time I had two red days in a row and I really wasn't feeling that great. So I was kind of like, you know what, probably just take it a little easier. Um, you know, then the, I think then the other day was just that, you know, I had, I had to be in Tallahassee by 9 a.m. You know, and, and then I you know, so just that day was, you know, I mean I, I mean I had to I had to get up at three to go, you know, take did work out, take care of my dogs, then rush there, you know, just it just, just was there's only twenty four hours in the day. I just didn't yeah. have enough that day. Um yeah. you know, but you know, because I have that such a high standard though, it's like, you know, I I, I know I can there's those days that I really can't do it. I, I do forgive myself. You know, I don't I don't like yeah, you know, but same that's important,
0: time, man. Because I think so often, like, yeah, you, you miss the one day, and then you beat yourself up, and then and then you don't get started yeah. again.
1: But again, though, it's on your standards. Like, I I have a um actually I got, I got a, a personal coach uh, recently, and the other day I was uh you know talking to her a little bit how like hey since the weather turned you know I think I'm I'm just not getting out of bed as quick as I was before. I had to start clearly re- clarify for that. Like when I say I'm having a hard time getting out of bed. I mean, it's like I'm setting my alarm for 4 a.m. and I'm like getting out at like, you know, 4.15 or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's not that like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm setting my alarm and I'm just, you know, sleeping till 12, you know, in the afternoon or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like, so like even, you know, what she kind of laughed at was, was she's like realizing that was still like a standard way above most people's. But it's like, again, it goes to. Yeah, that's, that's my stare, my expectation for myself, you know? And so I, you know, so I felt guilt, I felt guilty when I was like not jumping straight out of bed, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, you know, but like I said, you, you know, you know, you, and you know, if you can push yourself to do more, you know?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And one thing that, um, I think, I don't know who I was hearing it from, but it's like, oh yeah, it was from, uh, Victor Frankel book. You'll, you'll know the name of the book if I would have said it, but, um, man's search for meaning. It's about this dude who's like locked in a Holocaust camp and he's a psychiatrist and he like, he basically comes to the conclusion like, and he survives. And he's like, human beings have, we have no idea what we're capable of. Uh Like he was in there emaciated, bone and skin, couldn't walk, but still like walking around with a smile and showing the guards that it Uh wasn't messing with them because, because if you didn't show that, they thought you were downtrodden, you weren't working as hard. Now you're off, You're you're done. Well, he had to maintain that, like, perseverance and I'm strong. And like, he had to maintain that even through all that. And so mm-hmm. like you talking about, like, I think about waking up at 4am and I'm like, I couldn't do that. But I'm like, if I set that standard for myself mm-hmm. and I know that I can do it, because I think that's where it starts for you. It's like, you have this unwavering belief in yourself, right? You know? So I think that's where it like, I think it starts too, is like, you have to know that you can before you will, mm-hmm. you know? And I think you've talked about that too, with like even just the manifestation part of it. With your with your morning routine and your workouts, um, like and and your personal coach, like, what role has discipline? And you kind of talked about it, but just discipline and regimen, like, how much has that just like catapulted your success? In- it, it,
1: it's it's everything, um, you know, because <clears throat> when you're self-employed, you know, there's no one that tells me I got to show up anywhere. Yeah, you know, like, there's, you know, I'm I'm I am the boss. Like, I'm the one who dictates everything, Mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, so I don't answer to anybody, uh, you know, and, and that can be good and bad, (laughs) you know, like, uh, you know, that that means that if I, if I really didn't want to hold myself to a high standard, there'd be no one calling me out. But at the same time, I'd lose one day. You know, there'd yeah. be there'd be one day that, you know, it just wouldn't be working out for me anymore because of, you know, I didn't have a, you know, high, well controlled, you know, high aspiration standard, uh, that would, you know, help me achieve success, you know. So, um, you know, if you just kind of let things happen without any kind of standard in place, you know, you you get, you know, random bad results. Uh so mm-hmm. um So, I just, I've always felt like you gotta, you really have to be disciplined to be, uh, to be self employed. Uh, and you know, you got to kind of also be motivated to keep on, you know, growing yourself. You know, um, you'll you'll talk to a lot of people that have never read a book again after they graduated high school, you know, and I I actually, I think I, I study more now than I studied when I was in school because like all the things I'm studying, I know, are, monetarily going to make me better. I'm going to become smarter. I'm going to, you know, there's going to be so, so many, so much positive that I'm, that I'm hungry for it. I always want to know, find that new information and stuff, you know? And I think, you know, some of the defense of like why you might do at school is, you know, school, you're given all the topics, you know, broad subjects, some stuff that, you know, you're not going to be interested in, you know, or anything like that, you know, like, you know, I was never, you know, I knew I was never going to be an artist. So, you know, like when I had to take an art elective, it was, you know, whatever the minimum was to, you know, get it done. I was, that's, that's what it. I was doing it because, you know, that wasn't my thing. Uh, but, um, like I said, now though, I mean, all I read is, you know, uh, you know, self-development, uh, business, real estate, you know, success and, you know, self-improvement. And, uh, you know, so all those things are constantly helping me. You know, that's,
0: that's my problem is I'll read all the books and I'll look at all the stuff and then I'll delay the action because right. maybe I don't truly believe it. Or maybe, uh-huh. I'll wait till everything lines up, you know? So how have you kind of dealt with that in your life where you've, where you, you've, you're capable, you're knowledgeable, but you know, the action just might not have been there or, or.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's something everybody uh, struggles with to a degree. Um, maybe there's a few elite few that don't, but, uh, you know, and those are the elite. Yeah. Um, but, um, no, there's definitely some things where I'm like, I need to go take more action. Uh, it's actually funny that you, uh, you, you say that because, um, my uh that's actually one of the things i've talked about with my coach is my whole uh you know theme for next year is is all about taking action um you know and uh but you know i i definitely have taken action on a lot of things uh and you know i think i think the real key is um is learning the knowledge and then and and Believing in yourself, but also, you know, finding that right person to help take those first couple steps with you. Yeah. You know, like, on my, you know, going back to my neighborhood development, you know, would I have, be building these houses without without Will right now? Yeah, I prob- probably wouldn't be there, you know? Like, yeah. He, like, it's probably, probably, probably having him with me is, is what's helping me, but... I know that he's helping me, you know, take my first steps. I know I can do the next one myself, you know, yeah. if, if I want to, we, I, mm-hmm. we, he and I plan on you know doing a whole lot together, but, um, you know, but it's like I said, it's, uh, you know, it's knowing, it's figuring out what it is your weekend and and not knowing, and then, you know, finding that right person, uh, you know, to help you with that, you know, and, uh, and that's like kind of a good thing with like, you know, Will, Will and myself is that, um, you know, with, I'm a, I'm a couple of years older than him and I have these other businesses. So that's given me a pretty good business acumen of, of knowledge and, and things. So, you know, there's been things like we've looked at, like I've, I've been very helpful in contract negotiations or, you know, going back and forth. Yeah. Just because I got a wide variety of, you know, business knowledge and of dealing with people, yeah. you know, um, you know, different ways to negotiate. Like, okay. Hey, so I heard, so when I was talking to them, you know, I heard that, you know, uh, when they were talking, they said something about how like you know, the most important thing is that they close by this day. You know, so what I heard was that they would fluctuate on price if we could uh, guarantee the closing yeah. date. You know, percent. And uh, like I said, you just got to be you know cl- you know clued in you know in, in the conversation and stuff like that. But you know, but like I said, so find the right person uh, to help give you the confidence, and then you know, sometimes and then the, the probably the biggest thing is just not being afraid to mess up. Yeah, you know, like I'd, I'd say that's the, Fear the, of failure, the biggest thing. It's, yeah, it's just you've got to look at it like, okay, look, I'm either gonna do this and it's gonna go right, be great, I'm gonna make money, or hey, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna fail, but man, I'm gonna know exactly how not to do it. Yep, you know, and. 100%. Uh, yeah. And I mean, even, even going back to my restaurants, you know, my first restaurant, same pizza and subs, you know, I, I mentioned closing it to the theft, but you know, if I'm gonna be fully honest, like that's, you know, if it, if it was making a lot of money, that wouldn't have been an issue, yeah, you know? So like I wasn't, it wasn't the, the best business. I, I learned almost everything, what not to do in restaurants in that particular restaurant. That was my first restaurant. I had no formal training. I don't come from a restaurant dynasty of, you know, my, like my dad was a doctor. And my mom was a dance teacher. None of them have ever worked in a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I, uh, you know, so uh, this was all stuff I, I learned on my own. And, uh, you know, I learned I learned everything not new. I learned the importance of food costs. I learned the importance of labor costs, you know, yeah. before I thought, you know, like, hey, if I if I can make all this for $4 and I sell it for $5, I'm going to make money you know, you realize like, now you're going to, you're going to lose quickly because you can't, you can't afford the people to make it, you can't afford your power bill, you can't afford anything if you're only, you know, so, you know, you gotta, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, multiple rule of usually like, you know, most restaurant stuff is marked three to three, three to five times over cost, you know, so like a, you know, so like you'll, you know, if it's, if it's three times over cost, that means your cost is 33%, you know, of it, but they, you know, what you need though is you need that other, you know, 60 to 70% pay all the other bills because you know that thirty three percent of food cost covers the food. But again, you got you know, you got your labor, you got packaging, napkins, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff that, you know, which is why you gotta have that, you know, ultimate, yeah, you know, bigger margin. You know, and I and like I said, uh yeah, at the end of the day, most you know, most restaurateurs yeah, they take home about ten percent to the bottom line. Yeah, you know, and that's having a you know they do that when they have a thirty percent food cost. Yeah, <laughs> you know so just, wild. You unless know, you know all the other where all the other you know fees and you know payroll taxes. I you know a, a payroll example was uh, the other day I'd i made a little mistake on on someone's check and so I I wouldn't go back and fix it for me to uh, you know it was uh it was I think it was like a it was like a, a hundred and uh it was $128 off is what I, I owed him. So I, I did the thing for me to give them the 128. It, it cost, it cost me uh 158 and then they only got, 110 of it or something like that like so it was, it was funny as like i had to pay them more for them to even get less of what the intended amount you know was just let everyone know where all the you know the government payroll taxes yet yeah t- right <laughs> you know t- you know yeah. taking it on both sides
0: yeah no kidding that's yeah. uh yeah that's interesting you talk about food costs i know the first time i ever uh i mean the only experience that i have in the restaurant industry is a nine-month stint at the waffle house in Shalomar. Uh-huh. okay <laughs> and uh they used to ch- i remember they used to charge uh to go orders two and a half percent more and even at that time i was like 19 i'm like why do they charge to go orders two and a half percent more plasticware yeah bags and i'm like and like it clicked i'm like oh it's not just the. that's where it clicked for me like it's not just the cost of the exactly. waffle batter it's like everything plays into right. it and um yeah it was kind of funny working at waffle house the two biggest money makers at waffle house are their coffee and waffles just because it's the biggest margins right um It it was, it was, it was funny to learn that kind of stuff, but, but yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. And, and going back to where you're talking about, man, I was actually just talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he was telling me about how the, who is more important than the how exactly. And it was like hearing you say that now you're, I'm like, we don't, you know, but I think, yeah, man, having that, who that can make a big difference. Yes.
1: No, definitely. And I mean and that's how that's how I've, I've got four restaurants is because a lot of is you know even even my own parents were were like well, how how are you gonna run all these at once? You know, whenever I told them what I was gonna do, mm-hmm. you know, and uh and now they just you know sit back and tell me how proud they are of me. Yeah. Uh, but it's you like, just have good managers and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I told them. I was like, hey, I'm gonna create the team. I'm gonna create my manager for each one, like, you know, and I, I tell my manager, hey, this is your restaurant, you know, like yeah. I, you know, I, I and when I even talk about it, I go through, I talk about our restaurant, you know, when I'm that's there and so... they're with them, you know, because you know, I, I feel like it's ours, you know, like I wouldn't have it without them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um you know, so I um so having having good good managers is uh is definitely the key. Uh so you know, you have your who not house, so it's like, you know, how, how do how do I run Chalmar? It's because of uh my GM Justin. Yeah. Uh you know, how how do I run uh you know, Pensacola is, is, is the who that's Jordan, you know, I, you know, I got my guys and my girls at uh, each spot, you know, I got a uh, you know, Lexi over in mobile and Samantha over in Tallahassee. So it's a, uh, like I said, but having, having those, you know, people that are just, you know, dedicated and, you know, what want to be with you for the long term is great. And, all four of those managers uh, have uh, been with me multiple years. You yeah. know. So like like Le- this is a you know Lexi's actually coming up on her one year anniversary for being a GM. But then she you know worked for me in the cafe for about six months. You know. Before, oh, wow. before awesome. that, so um so she she's actually out of everyone my shortest length of time, and that's eighteen months. But then her older sisters actually worked for me for like three years. Yeah, that's awesome, <laughs> so, man. So uh you know to have that kind of longevity, you know you you have to take care of people and you know and let them know that you know you really care about them and, yeah. and, and their future success every always constantly put yourself in the other person's shoes exactly. and, and you know and be like you know would, like you know for, for take me take yourself
0: off of that ownership yeah, role yeah. so for me I that.
1: ask myself Man, would I want to work for me mm, or, yeah. or you know like what what is it what is it that if, if I was, if I was my general manager, what would I want out of the job for myself? You know, because there's a lot of business owners out there who are only thinking about them, you know, themselves and what they want the deal. And just, you know, think about, you know, their workers as you know, numbers, you know, they'll, yeah. you know, if they, they leave, I'll replace them, you know, and stuff. And, um, you know, and, uh, and they don't, they don't think about like, well, why would that person want to do that for you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. why would they want to stay with you for, you know, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years to do, you know, to work, to make, make that for you, like what's in it for them. And and that's one of the things I constantly, you know, ask myself, like, you know, th- and this, this year was kind of an example, you know, I'm a quick service food restaurant, you know, like I'm in the, I'm in the same kind of, you know, boat category as like, you know, Panera or Zoe's, mm-hmm. but, you know, restaurants like, you know, we're, we're, we're quick service, you know, we're, uh, not, not quite as fast food as say McDonald's or Taco Bell, but like quick service restaurants. So there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of expectations, you know, for, you know, employees of those kind of restaurants to you know, have big, you know, uh, you know things get done for christmas time and stuff like that you know like you know th- uh you know so you know, you usually what we always do is have um i've done christmas parties every year giving bonuses but then now this is my first year having four and you know it's it's really hard to like get to four different christmas parties especially with me being so spread out yeah and so well, i talked to all my team this year was like hey so differently this year is i'm actually going to give you guys a little bit more on the bonus side but we're going to instead of having a Christmas party, I'm actually going to set four party dates, uh, in and the first half of, uh, you know, 2024, you know, that way we can do something fun in each of y'all's towns, you know? Yeah. So, so like, I think a uh, mobile, I'm a, you know, we're going to do like a top golf day, nice. uh, you know, for them, but in return on the, for the Christmas bonuses, I told everyone like, Hey, so I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to give everyone $10 for every month. They work for me this year. So nice. everyone who's worked for me the whole year, they all got one twenty. I had a few people that started two months ago. They got 20 bucks and, you know, everyone off in between. But, you know, I, um, you know, like I said, it was, it was, I wanted to be able to do something that was nice, that took care of the people that have been there all year and let everyone know that there was incentive from sticking around, Yeah, you know, too. So even those people that have only been there for, you know, two or three months, you know, they're, they'll hear from the people that have been there you know 10 or 12 or more and then you know and see see uh you know how great it is and you know how we care you know yeah exactly like i said a lot of people at a quick service restaurant aren't you know expecting a, you know that a hundred dollar plus christmas bonus yeah exactly You know, but because of that too like i said i have my people that want to stay you know and i you know people that know the years and you know getting part of that you know always you have being growth minded for them is always let them know where the next opportunities are. Like all my current general managers, I told them that all of them should be striving to become territory managers. Mm-hmm. Because like once we add some more stores, that'll be the next layer, you know, that that goes goes into in play. Oh, yeah. You know, so 100%. there's there's a, so there's growth for them. So I'm laying that out. You know, every time I have an employee meeting, I always tell them that I have more future general manager positions and people in this building. You know, and, and, you know, and I, I say that with a lot of bravado, like, I don't necessarily know how many I am have, but I know it's gonna be a lot, you know, because I mean, yep. I, 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 you know, I plan on at least doing at least 20 clean eats, Yeah. Uh, you know, restaurants and uh, you know, I'll probably do in some, some other, other brands and stuff. So, I mean, I, so when I tell people that I'm eat it, yeah, 100%. <laughs> you, you know, believe it, man. and, uh, you know, but yeah. And, uh, but you know, that people want to, want to, you know, I, I've had a lot of people want to you know, come work with me and be around me because of that.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You just. You pervade that attitude of like, let's get after it. What's next? You know, like, and, and I feel like with you too, it's, it's that sense of like, I know we can, like, I know we're capable. What's the plan, you know? So that's awesome, man. I got to tell you, you know, I've gotten a lot out of this podcast, just listening to you and and hearing your story and, um, you know, kind of just. Just understanding what gets you up, what gets you motivated, man. I mean, so, so moving forward, brother, what's, I know you said you want to get 20. Like, what's the big, I know you said taking action 2024. I'm curious just because yeah. I want to get some inspiration too, right? So like, what's your, what's your big goals 2024,
1: yeah. man? So, uh, fitness wise, uh, my, my, uh, my initial goal is I'm, I'm going to be uh 259 or less on January 1. And just, you know, for the record, the lowest I've ever been was 262. I'm nice. 264 currently Uh-oh. so five pounds away from what my goal is but that's that's how i want to start the year because i just want to start 2024 in the best shape of my life heck yeah uh, i graduated high school in 265 uh yeah and uh, and keep in mind too the other kind of cool fact of is uh i told y'all the beginning i was at a size 58 jeans we're in thirty sixes today to this uh, podcast. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so uh, same here, dude. 36 yeah, brothers. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so super proud of that. Um, might have probably a little snugger than yours, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. But hey, I got in. And hey, so you're in, you're <laughs> <in> there, baby. <laughs> you know, and uh, and so, um, but yeah. So just like I said, just trying to focus on being in the best shape, uh, starting off the year. I think my goal is to get to twelve uh, percent uh, body fat uh, this year uh, coming year. And, uh, you know, which I've, I've never been, I've been the lowest I've ever been is high 14s. Uh So I've I've never been, I'm probably about, uh, 15, uh, 16 right now. If I had to guess just based on where I've been at this weight before. Uh, so, you know, so can't wait to get down another, you know, three, three, four points on my body fat percentage. And then uh real estate wise, I mean, uh, my partner Will and I were trying to just, uh, build as many houses as we can. Uh, we got, like I so said, we're at, we're at four lots currently. We got we're negotiating on a few more, so ho- hoping to lock up two or three more lots before this year runs out, so that way we can have uh, six or seven builds uh, getting started at the beginning of 2024. Um, and then uh, you know, probably um, yeah, I'm always trying to find another rental. Uh, I'm actually going to go look at a, a house today to uh, possibly buy to move into that one to then rent out my one Pensacola. Go. Yeah. Oh. You know, so just like it says so just looking for those opportunities. And then, uh, you know, I mean, I'm determined to, uh, to make uh, 2024 the best year I've ever had uh, for Clean Eats, uh, too. And that's something uh, I've been talking to my team since the uh, beginning of October. Like, we've been prepping for, for 2024, uh, telling, uh, you know, I've been telling everyone, like, wait, when 2024 gets here, we're going to go super hard from, you know, January to May and just, you know, that's the best, those the best time period for health and fitness industry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, so yeah, that's, true. Uh, that's the, the first six the, the, months of the year. Yeah. yeah. Those, those are the strongest months uh, of that. So, um, you know, so we're just like I said, trying to do everything, uh, you know, we can to, to maximize, uh, you know, that. So it's, it's really just, like I said, just, you know, lo- look at everything I'm doing and, uh, you know, and, and trying to do it, you know, bigger and better and, and again, and then uh, you know, as far as success goes, that's one of the things I think of, of how my life has you know progressed uh, so so well and, and so quickly from uh, 2015 whenever I came home to present is that every single year I, you know I look at what did I accomplish this year and I try to uh, I try to do. I tried to double it. Um, you know, it doesn't always happen. I was actually if I'm gonna be uh you know, fully honest with everybody, you know, up until about, you know, two months ago, I was really not feeling great about, you know, how how I did this year. You know, I was like, you know, um, you know, as far as business wise, because you know, it's been a kind of a tough year you know, with the economy and uh, you know, so you know, kind of just it didn't it wasn't really as great a year business wise. But, you know, so but uh but then all of a sudden uh you know We had a bunch of deals go through all at once, and you know, like I said, now I got you know those lots and we're getting ready to build on. So, you know, it's just like I said, I stayed focused and I stayed looking for the opportunity. I was was a little down that I you know didn't have as many as I did the year before. But like I said, eventually I found them, and you know it turned into a win. And you just, like I said, you just got to look at you know your opportunities, and just constantly try to you know do bigger and better than you, you did in your past. You know, and sometimes you do. Sometimes you got to you know learn and reflect. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's always about doing better than before.
0: That's it, brother. Well, man, I, I've enjoyed you coming on today, man. This has been killer. I, I, I'm i really excited to listen back to this and edit it up. But um, Sam, dude, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Today, I, I
1: appreciate you having me. I can't wait to come back.
0: Awesome, man. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Thanks. Boom.